The opening of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code locked on gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock, taking you around the league on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily local sports podcast network. Tell a friend about the network and let them know their team is covered. And you have the whole NFL covered here on this program with Matt and myself. You can subscribe to the show and all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can follow Matt at Williamson. NFL. We've got football. Game one in the books. Packers, Bears, Matt. Uh, was it fun to kick up your legs? And uh, I, I assume if you were watching on a couch or your recliner, or maybe you were in a more work-like position watching Thursday night football. Oh, I'm always lazy boy with a laptop in my lap and you know feet up. And uh, I loved it. I mean, it was Frankly, not the most entertaining game, I'm sure, for many listeners or fantasy people or watchers or fantasy you know people and um, very defensive oriented and there certainly was some rust. But hey, we're back and it's a big win for the Packers on the road, even though it might not have been the prettiest. Yeah, I had a stock up, stock down list I was keeping track of for that game. And I think a stock down was definitely the the fantasy footballers out there. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. you started Chicago or Green Bay's defense. And I know Chicago was one of the first defenses selected by uh, by most leagues. Maybe if you had Jimmy Graham, he had the touchdown. But 10-3 is not a score that um, that really makes fantasy football people happy. And there was some some usage there that I think was interesting. And I guess we can start there. Guys like Jamal Williams and Mike Davis getting significant snaps. So owners of Aaron Jones, David Montgomery's of the world had to be quite annoyed. Yeah. And I did start David Montgomery. I have high hopes for him. And what I took away from that, I mean, just to stick with Bears skill position guys, I wonder if we're going to see this across the league where so many, you know, so few people played an entire game this preseason that we might see more running back rotations um, than we, than we do as the season goes on or even week two. Cause I thought Cohen and Davis were fine, but I thought Montgomery showed the most juice. And to me mm-hmm. was very encouraging when he was out there. I loved what I saw from Allen Robinson. I thought he was the best player on the field, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that's really encouraging if you're a Bears fan. Absolutely. Um, I, I thought we'd see more Anthony Miller involved. He didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And Trubisky was rather erratic. Allen Robinson, his release, the short area burst, ball skills all on display. It was really nice to see the vintage Allen Robinson. And it looks like a very nice signing last year. Uh, to bring in a true number one type of wide receiver. And I don't know how it's going to end up in this offense, but his seven catches for 100 yards, he definitely looked like the best player on offense by far for the Bears. And Mitch Trubisky was definitely not firing on all cylinders. But I noticed that aside from Allen Robinson, there wasn't a lot of guys open. And uh, and it's funny, uh, there was a quote from Tremont Williams after the game that said, quote, if uh, we knew if we could get Mitchell Trubisky to play quarterback, we had a chance to win, which is just like <laughs> that is some wow. shade right there. Uh, but man, he was accurate. And I, I think the biggest stock up is probably the Green Bay defense and defensive coordinator Mike Pettin really did a great job disguising yeah. his fronts, blitz packages, gave Trubisky and the entire running game for the Bears trouble all night. Absolutely. And uh, a couple new additions too, Amos, Savage, the two Smiths on the outside. They all look like uh, good investments and you know, a very aggressive. 
Um, our listeners have probably heard me say over the offseason, I thought the Packers had a real chance to have the most improved defense in the league this year. That certainly showed up. The scheme is exciting and aggressive, as I mentioned. And overall in this game, I think we saw great defense. I think we saw a combination of great defense and rusty offenses. Yeah, a little bit of sloppiness, but I, I don't think you can put it all on the offenses. I think the defenses no. were great and played well. And that Packers secondary, like you mentioned, uh, uh, dudes were not open for the Bears. Jair Alexander might be one of the better young corners in the league. He looks like a straight-up stud, and Adrian Amos, such a, uh, the former Bear, such a, an awesome addition there to that secondary. And I love Savage with his dynamic ability as a rookie that will only get better. On the Bears' side of the ball, Roquan Smith was all over the place, and he was a holdout. Oh in his rookie season, so he didn't jump onto the scene right away, but you really saw all of that talent, and you saw the reason they drafted him in the top 10. Yeah, and his rookie year was was fine, you know, but I thought he got overshadowed a little by Van Der Esch and Leonard and even like Derwin James and some of the other middle-of-the-field defenders, but boy, he might be every bit as good as every one of them and was drafted very high for a reason. Looks like he did at Georgia. Um, the defensive front protects him really well. And, and speaking of Georgia, Floyd, that was really encouraging because I wrote an article going into the season that of make-or-break players, and I put Floyd on that list like, hey, it's time for you to step up. And sure, he benefits from the attention Mac gets, and I like that they move Mac around and you know some of the other defensive players. But Floyd capitalized. So really encouraging front seven performance from the Bears without question. Before we move on from this game and get to our picks for week one, and I don't want to close the book yet on our Trubisky conversation, and I also don't want to bury Trubisky because uh, if you're on Twitter, everybody is just like, oh, I told you, Trubisky's garbage, and he's right. going to continue to be Never garbage. Uh, I think he's going to play against some defenses that don't give him as much trouble, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, you know, maybe these guys, these starters are playing less and less now. So I think there's an opportunity for them to, to get a little bit better on offense and for him to settle in and maybe develop a little further and, and look better. But I did expect a little bit more from Trubisky this year. I had thought he might be, you know, maybe not on the level, but close to the golf plan and see some uh, big jumps in his years. One, two, three. And under Matt Nagy, I liked the idea of that. But one thing I didn't like from Matt Nagy's offense was so much of the zone read and Trubisky's athletic. I know, but his best runs are sort of scrambling. He's not a running back type of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So the zone read stuff, it did not work at all, and nobody looked comfortable running it. Uh, I might scrap some of that and just allow Trubisky to run naturally through the flow of the offense if he's got space and if guys aren't open down the field. Yeah, I think that's a good way. Of, I hadn't thought of it through that perspective, but I like what you said there. Um, I have him a little bit more drop back oriented, you know, and if it doesn't work, okay, then fine run as opposed to putting that in his mind right off the bat, you know, be in the pocket, execute throws. And before this year, and we saw some of this last night too, that, I mean, I I thought Trubisky's best throws are still wow throws. They're just not enough of them. And Mm -hmm. as too many obvious misses, you know, and uh, I thought Collinsworth did a good job talking about his footwork a little bit last night. I think he's obviously been working on some of those finer points. And remember, he didn't play a lot in college. So it's just one game against a a rough defense. He was never super high on my list of guys I would start a franchise with. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's his worst game of the year. Absolutely, yeah. And I I think it's it's telling that – and you mentioned it there, and I wrote that in my notes actually – there were obviously some not-so-great throws, and and Bears receivers weren't open a ton. And by the way, I think – 
Cordero Patterson looks like he's about 240 pounds right now. I was like, who's who's that tight end, number 84? And I was like, oh, that's Cordero Patterson? Wow, okay. He's, he's looking rather large. Did you see but, the Jerome Bettis commercial? Holy smokes. No, I did not. <laughs> I missed that one. I've, I've been around Jerome a lot, and he's a big boy. But, boy, he's uh, <laughs> looking large. I mean, him and Cordero might have been hanging out this offseason. Hitting the buffet. But uh, there, So there are times, yeah, like – Trubisky, where you see that throw and you're like, okay, there was a sidearm dart he threw to Tariq Cohen where you're like, yes, that's that's what you loved about Trubisky coming out. Those were, you know, the skills that he has. You know, he can snap off some nice throws, the athleticism he has. It's week one. Things were sloppy out there. Uh, I still think he, and like you said, that might be the worst game he plays all year in week one sloppiness, which leads into our next segment when we make these picks for the NFL games in week one. There might be some sloppiness all around the league this week yeah and I know it, it's probably an overreaction to just one game that every eye saw last night but I if I'm a better I might be leaning towards the unders in some of these games for for two reasons first of all there's going to be some hot environments you know I mean Miami places like that where fatigue I think could really be an issue late in the game and I'm a big believer in that in the first two weeks or so of the season of something to pay attention to especially with these guys playing so much less and I do think the defenses have a little bit of the the upper hand early on, too, with a lot of timing routes and stuff just not being as crisp. So maybe it's not going to be a fantasy bonanza this week. And let's uh, take a look at those games. Coming up here, we will start, uh, we will, yeah, we'll go through game by game and, and right. have some, some thoughts on each game and make our picks for the week one schedule. Folks, it's time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests this Sunday that you will not want to miss. To kick off the NFL season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $2 million in prizes with your first deposit. And you can put in the code Locked On, all one word, all caps, during sign-up. Draft your lineup and feel the, <laughs> feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Draft your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with this football season. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the games quite like having a shot at $2 million in prizes. So, Download the DraftKings app now and use our code Locked On for a limited time. Both new and u- existing users can get a deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars. And new users don't miss this extra special Week One bonus. Enter our code Locked On to get a free shot at two million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. I mean, why would you do that? That code is Locked On only at DraftKings. There's a minimum of $5 deposit required. Deposit bonuses require five, 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons at Minnesota Vikings with the 1 p.m. Eastern games here on Sunday. What do you think? Vikings at home, Falcons on the road. It's a nice matchup. It is. I mean, there's some good... NFC heavyweight battles in this 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 first slate of games. I'm excited about this. Is one of them could be two playoff teams. Um, a couple of things to really note is uh, I'm not sure if everyone realizes this, but the Falcons have allowed the most catches to running backs four years in a row. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously something they will give up and they run to the football and 
Dalvin Cook, to me, is set up to have a huge game. I don't trust the Falcons' defense to begin with. I think, you know, Kubiak and whatnot should really help that scheme as well. I think the Vikes will put up points. But I also think, and this goes against everything I just said, but I, I think this could be a pretty high-scoring game. You know, the, the, the Vikings' corners are, are a little bit more of a brand-name group than they are, you know, truthfully playing really well. Xavier Rhodes, I think, will have a really tough time with Julio. Um, I'm going to take the Vikes, but I'm expecting a lot of points in this one, and Dalvin Cook kind of walk away as a star. Yeah, there's some really good cornerback versus wide receiver matchups here in week one as Mm -hmm. well, and that's a nice one, Rhodes versus uh, Julio or Ridley, depending on who's lining up where. And I don't think Rhodes is the type that's going to follow Julio, but he might. I'm not sure. I don't have any information on that one. But uh, Vikings favored by four. I think that's right. Got to go Vikings here in week one. And uh, the over-under is 47. So I know there's some sloppiness. I think I might go under on a lot of these, but this could be one that, that they light up the scoreboard a little bit. Yeah, I think I'd probably go over on this one, and I'd probably give you the four. I think walking into Minnesota is a tough place to play in week one. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, yeah, let's just move on here. We go Washington Redskins at Philadelphia Eagles. I I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. I think this (laughs) has blowout written all over it. I do think the Redskins' defense is formidable, but I just think they'll be on the field the entire game and – you know, back to that endurance situation, I, I bet they're looking pretty ragged by the end of this. I think Wentz and company just roll. Yeah, it's the biggest uh, line by a uh, favor by 10 for the Eagles. So you got to go Eagles in this one. And uh, we'll see what the Washington Redskins look like. We'll see how early in the season they go to uh, the Dwayne Haskins show. Buffalo Bills at New York Jets. I think this one's going to be really interesting. Um, could actually have playoff ramifications. I think the fan bases, at least from these teams, the winner might say, okay, we're the team now that is in the lead to try to battle the Patriots and you know become a take that next step towards uh, maybe owning this division at some point. I wonder how much Lev Bell plays. I think that Bell, Bill's D is tough. I'm interested. I, I'd probably go a low-scoring game in this one, but I'm going to take the Jets at home. Trust the quarterback a little bit more. It's one of the lower over-unders in the league at 40 and a half mm-hmm. points, and uh, it's, it's a tough oh, one. You well. don't know what to expect from these two teams, and I like the Jets and Bills both to be potentially much better teams this year. I don't know if they can mm-hmm. challenge the Patriots. I do love Sam Darnold, and I expect a big second-year jump from him because I, I expect him to be one of those true franchise quarterbacks when we're talking you know, later in the year, next year, two years, three years down the road. Sam Darnold is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, I think. I'm a believer in Sam Darnold. So uh, we'll see what he does under Gase, and you hope that's a good marriage there because that's going to be key for Darnold. But I like the Buffalo Bills defense as well. Um, I don't know if the the Jets are going to be ready. I'm going to go Bills actually on the road in this one, and so I'll take those two and a half points that the Jets are favored. Yeah, I think I would too, but it's going to be a good one. I can see that going any which way. Absolutely. Those teams could go any which way. I wouldn't be surprised if they're drafting top five or if either team snuck into the playoffs. I'm with you. Baltimore Ravens at Miami Dolphins. Ravens favored by seven on the road. Yeah, and if this was in Baltimore, I would gladly give you the points. I think they're a much better team. I don't know how they get Baltimore's front blocked. I could just see playing in the Miami Heat, this being a little closer than it should be. I think they win by six-ish. 
Yeah, tough in Miami, and the next game as well with uh, the 49ers traveling to Tampa could be a very sweltering environment for those teams, especially for a California team traveling east across the country. But uh, the Ravens, you know, the Dolphins could be the worst team in the league this year, and they're collecting all these draft picks, and I don't know how they're going to keep their quarterback clean now, and they sent off... uh, and we talked about the trade. We like the trade for the Dolphins just because they got so much for Laramie Tunsil, but it doesn't help them this year at all. But the, all those draft picks might help at some point in the future. Ravens over Dolphins, it's a big line, seven points, which is hard to take a road team. But uh, I, I think the Ravens could come in and, and really cause some problems. So I think I would even still take that seven or probably be a game I wouldn't really bet on versus uh, the spread. But over mm-hmm. under 39 and a half, it's the lowest Total, too. Point total. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that one is, is very low scoring and just an ugly game. And maybe the Ravens just kind of squat on the ball at the end of that one. So, you know, seven points might be hard. It also wouldn't blow me away if Fitzpatrick throws three picks and the Ravens win by 22. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it could <laughs> yeah. be one of those where it's just like over by halftime. San Francisco 49ers on the road. One interesting thing about this game is it's not... A 10 a.m. start time for the West Coast team. It's a 4.25 p.m. Eastern start because there's a a, a concert before, like a week one, like oh, let's wow. get ready free concert before the game. So they pushed it back. So that helps the 49ers not having to, to play that early game for them. So it's a it's a normal 1.25 Pacific time start for the 49ers on the road. Yeah, and this is the one that is, is looks like a potential fantasy bonanza. I mean, both these defenses, especially – the back ends. I mean, I like the Niners front seven is what I'm trying to say. And I think the Bucks defense in general is really going to be porous. I think there's a lot of points scored in this one. I think your Niners go down and get the win. I trust their defense more, but it is on the road, a long road trip. I think a lot of points are in, in, in store for this one. I mean, if you're on the, the fringe of, should I start somebody from this game for fantasy reasons? The answer is yes. And yes, yeah, it's, it's the sloppiness factor versus last year two of the worst secondaries in the league and so yeah. that's we'll see how that looks with with the front seven really affecting and I think that's the key to the game you mentioned that's the strength of the 49ers defense right now and that defensive line the addition of Bosa and D Ford up front pressuring Winston making him make some mistakes that's going to be key for the 49ers and I think uh, even though it's a road game and, and going west coast to east coast the later start time helps I'm taking Niners by three on that one Okay, yeah, I'm with you. And actually, that line has moved a little bit. It was even earlier in the week. It was just a straight pick em. Now, Tampa favored by one. So, yeah, take that extra point. Take the Niners, I think. Yeah, I'll take that point. Kansas City Chiefs at Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's another one that kind of like that Ravens-Miami um, game where you would think blowout coming. But I think the Jags will slow down Kansas City. I think Ramsey against Tyreek, who just signed an extension, by the way. Uh, didn't quite see that coming with his off-the-field behavior, but Same. Val- valuable player. Um, and, and I think the Jags might be able to run on Kansas City at home and at least keep it close. I think this might shock some people, but it ends up like a 24-20 Kansas City win and not a blowout. This is another one of those wide receiver versus a cornerback matchups that I can't wait to see. And I'm definitely going to tune into this one. And it is uh, Jalen Ramsey is they, and this is another thing that's odd. Why would they let Andy Reid and the chiefs know what their game plan is defensively? But they said Jalen Ramsey is going to travel with Tyree kill and mirror him all game. So that's going to definitely be a fun one. Chiefs favored by three and a half on the road, but I like the Jacksonville Jaguars as my sleeper team, my worst to first sort of a team in that division. 
Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to be last place. They're not going to be a bottom feeder this year. I think the defense is too good. I like the upgrade because I think Blake Bortles is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league for the last few years for Jacksonville. Now they've got a guy who's at least competent in fulls. Maybe he's got some more of that magic in him, and we'll see if they can make a big run. But I like Jacksonville Jaguars, but I just can't pick them to beat the Chiefs because they're powerhouse. And, man, even in the preseason, just seeing that Week 3 matchup with the Chiefs and the 49ers and just reminding myself of what Patrick Mahomes looks like He's so different seeing him throw the ball. It's like, it's kind of scary. It really is. And I don't think Kansas City runs the ball well, but I mean, would it shock anyone if Mahomes ends up with 400 yards and five touchdowns? No. I mean, <laughs> right. it, 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 it doesn't matter who they play, that's a possibility. And even with Ramsey mirroring Hill, he can still get loose and get deep on a one, and then you can attack uh, some other spots on the Jacksonville defense, too, if you're the Chiefs. So I yeah. do think the linebacker safety situation is a little troubling, and this could be a huge Kelsey game. I'm interested to see the rookie Josh Allen, too, coming off the edge and see how they use him yeah. as sort of a hybrid linebacker defensive end type. Absolutely. That whole front in general is pretty darn good. All right, let's break here. We'll get to the rest of these games in week one. Folks, it is a new season. Antonio Brown's with the Raiders. Lev Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is a brownie. The only thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. That's why my bookie is always the right place to play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. So, up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your, your claim, when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's Locked On. Two words, Locked On. Bet, win, get paid. Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, I know both of us are a little bit, we're, we're slowing on, we're, we're kind of pumping the brakes on the hype train for the Browns, even though I can definitely see them being a team that is even representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. But I still want to see a little bit more of it. I want to see how this group of uh, individuals comes together and forms a team in Cleveland for the 2019 season. They're at home hosting the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and I haven't said a ton of positive things about the Browns this offseason because Williamson's a Steelers homer. He hates the Browns. They fired him a bunch of years ago. I get that on Twitter <laughs> sometimes. I think they blow the doors off the Titans at home. I mean, that place is going to be rocking. Taylor Lewan is suspended. The Titans O-line has been really poor this preseason. That the front for the Browns is nasty. And I just think that they'll cause a lot of big plays on defense, and Baker's going to move the ball pretty well. I think the Browns win big. 
We had talked about how the Tennessee Titans were sort of the Mendoza line football team this year. And uh, if you're a good team, you're going to be better than the Titans. If you are a bad team, the Titans are going to be better than you. And I think this is one at home with the Cleveland Browns. And and that fan base is ready for a winner. I definitely like the Browns to go big on the Titans. Five and a half, I would still take the Browns. Yeah, that might be one I find find my wallet for. The 45 over under, too, I might take the over on that one. Yeah, except ten. It wouldn't blow me away if Tennessee ends up with ten points. Right. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't know where the points come from with them this week. I could see that. I I, yeah. I do want to see how they use uh, the rookie wide receiver AJ Brown though over there in Tennessee. I love him. Yeah, I like that player Absolutely. a lot. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams favored by two and a half on the road against the Carolina Panthers. This is another one that if I were putting money down, I like the Panthers at home as as a dog at home, week one. That front seven, Cam's healthy. Um, I like the Rams quite a bit, but traveling across country and as the favorite, I, I'm not on board with that one. I think Carolina is not a massively inferior team to the Rams. Yeah, and this is the 10 a.m. start for the West Coast team, and yeah. I was I was actually going to try to surprise you by going with the the home dog here with the Panthers, but I, I like that thought process as well. And uh, obviously, it, it's tough to bet against the Rams because they're so good, but that home dog, West Coast to East Coast travel time, uh, it's uh, it, it's only two and a half points. I would like to get more than that betting on the Panthers, but uh, I like the home dog situation for the Carolina Panthers, who could be a very good football team this year in their own right. I think they win the game flat out. Upset special. I love it. I love it. Detroit Lions at Arizona Cardinals, two teams we have borderline bashed so far. So We even actually forgot to talk about the Lions in one segment and left them completely out in the uh, NFC North talk we had. Uh, that's how much we have forgotten about the, the Lions. And so uh, disrespected both these teams. Do you think these teams uh, will prove us wrong, either one this year? Yeah, interesting game because, you know, a lot of the stuff I've read this week and fantasy advice and things like that, saying, boy, this is a crush spot for the Lions. And I do think a guy, I think Stafford and Carrion and Galladay all should do well against a terrible defense, but it's on the road. It's week one. It's not like the Lions are the Chiefs. And I know everyone's, it seems like everyone's down on the Cardinals offense and Kyler Murray and this experiment. I think the Cardinals will put up points in this one. I think there's going to be a much different narrative about Murray and David Johnson on Monday than there is right now. I think the Lions win it high-scoring game because I do think everything the Cardinals do is going to be high-scoring. But I think the Cardinals' offense is going to show us that their plan might work. This is definitely a game I would stay away from putting money on just because I don't Mm -hmm. know what the Cardinals are going to look like at all. And it could be a situation where... Nobody knows what they're going to look like, including the Lions. So how do you game plan for that? And they could surprise some people, especially in week one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Seattle Seahawks. This is the second biggest favorite here with the Seahawks favored by nine and a half points. And they should be. I mean, Seattle's an awful place to play. I don't think Seattle is a playoff caliber type of team, but I think that Wilson has a big day. Carson just runs all over these guys. That front seven for Seattle's improved. And, boy, the Bengals' O-line is troublesome. Bad O-lines don't travel. I think they get the doors blown off them in Seattle. I don't like the the nine and a half points just because I don't think it's going to be a hugely scoring game with this one. I would just take the under 44 points, and I think that Seattle could definitely steamroll them and still only win by six points. 
The Seahawks decline has been predicted for many years in a row, and it just doesn't happen. And I love the addition of DK Metcalf, who's a perfect puzzle piece to go on the other side of Tyler Lockett. And hopefully you drafted Tyler Lockett in your fantasy leagues because I think he's going to get a ton of targets and be moved around and be in the slot. And, and he's put up huge numbers when Doug Baldwin was out of the lineup. And that defense just got better with the addition of JV and Clowney, who's a good fit for Seattle. So uh, Seahawks are still going to be in there. Uh, they just they just are. They've got a good quarterback. They're going to be a decent football team, I think. And the Bengals might be on the decline. Indianapolis Colts with Jacoby Prissett going into Los Angeles to face the Chargers without Derwin James and without Melvin Ingram. Yeah, this is my uh, upset special. I think the Colts win the game. I assume they're an underdog. I haven't looked at the line. Six and a half you're getting on this one. So that's an easy bet, I think, for me. Yeah, I'll gladly take six and a half with the status of the Chargers' injury situation, especially their offensive line. I I think that it's a good time to play the Chargers for sure. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Colts fans there, as always. I think the Colts win the game. Even if you don't think the Colts are going to win the game, six and a half is a lot of points. And the yeah. big question here for me, is it a rallying point behind Jacoby Brissett? You know, maybe not quite to the level of where Andrew Luck was going to be with the Colts, but the Colts just roll as pretty much they were. And uh, he should be ready to go. And he's as, of all the backups in the league, he's as ready to play with all the reps he's taken in the offseason as well. So uh, I don't think it's going to be that much of a, a problem for the Colts. But the question is, does losing Andrew Luck, did it deflate the team? Do they do they sort of collapse a little bit because it just happened right before the season and the wind gets taken out, or do they rally behind it? I could see that going either way. And so uh, that's a fun team to follow this year and see how they do. But I like that six and a half for the Colts for sure against the yeah, Chargers. Yeah, a lot. New York Giants at Dallas Cowboys. Zeke Elliott's back. Uh, he's said to only be getting maybe 20 to 25 snaps in week one, though. That's according to Jane Slater on NFL Network. And that might work out fine and because I do think they'll handle the game and they won't need him in the fourth quarter. But I bet they come out giving it to Zeke and he comes out gashing them. And I think the Cowboys win this one pretty big. That number scares me a little, but I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. It's funny because Zeke's going to start. Do you just like have him play a series and then he sits out for the rest of the first quarter? I, I don't. I get saying that on paper going in, saying ah, oh, twenty to twenty-five snaps. But once you get into the game and it's competitive, Zeke's going to be out there. I think. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. But I'm with you. Yeah, Cowboys big on that one. New York Giants. When is the Daniel Jones show going to begin? Is the big question there for me because I just don't have any faith in Eli taking that team anywhere. Let's move on to the team you are the closest to and you know the best. What are your thoughts on that Sunday night matchup? It's a good one. Pittsburgh Steelers at New England Patriots. Patriots are a hard team to wrap your head around right now. I mean, no Gronk. How are they going to play offense? Defense looks very good. Um, this number surprises me. I think, I mean, going into Indy right now, or going into New England right now, is brutal. I mean, it's the Sunday night game. Champions are going to probably unleash the banners and just won Super Bowl and all those things. And I think they should be favored against every team in the league right now. And I'm going to pick the Pats to win, but like 21-20. I mean, I think it's going to be a running game. I think it's going to be a defensive game. I don't think the Hall of Fame quarterbacks are going to light it up. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Over under 49, so that might be one to take an under look at. And Patriots favored by five and a half. I think you have to go with the Patriots at home. But if you think it's a close game, you know, maybe maybe take those points with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could see that for sure. Houston Texans, Monday Night Football at New Orleans Saints. I picked the Saints as my Super Bowl team. They're favored by a touchdown, seven points in this one. Yeah, and like I wrote a little blurb for this saying, boy, it's great to have Tunsil, but you talk about throwing them to the Wolves in a loud, aggressive stadium 
No continuity with his line mates. A pretty good pass rush there. I think Watson's going still going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, but I do think he's capable of making big plays, and I think that there's, there'll be a lot of points in the dome, a lot of passing. Don't think that Houston will run all that well. But I like the Saints. I think they're the better team. Breeze at home is very dangerous. I think that Texans defense, besides Watt, and especially on the back end, is very vulnerable. You know, I think Cook could have a big day, too. So, yeah, give me the Saints. And the Saints are one of those teams that they've just got their their scheme and their players, and everyone's been there for so long. They should be able to roll week one and be one of those teams that's not quite as sloppy at home in a dome as some other games might be around the league. And with the Texans, so yeah. much uh, so much time has been spent talking about the left tackle position. The rest of that line's got some question marks as well. <laughs> right. so, yeah, and you talk about uh, Larry Tunsil learning his line mates and the calls there, and so week one might be a little bit sloppy for the Houston Texans, more so than the Saints. I like the Saints. They're favored by seven, but I still might take the seven because I think that's a big win for New Orleans, even though the Houston Texans are, are a team that should be in the playoff hunt this year. Denver Broncos, the late Monday night game, 10.15 p.m. start time, East Coast. Broncos at the Oakland Raiders, which who sound like just a mess right now. Just a mess, and... and- and we're recording this Friday, early afternoon Eastern, and the blurb just came out that AB is going to play now. I guess he kissing made up and no hard <laughs> feelings. What could go wrong? You know, right? Um, I don't think it matters. I just think Denver controls this game on the ground. I, I don't like Carr against teams that rush the passer really well. Both their guards are out. I don't trust Colton Miller. I think Vaughn Miller and Chubb in that scheme will get after Carr thoroughly and they'll just be able to hand it to take things off Flacco's plate and hand it to Lindsay, hand it, hand it to Royce Freeman, play it close to the vest and control this game in the trenches. Yeah. And uh, still three days left for Antonio Brown to do something else there. And maybe he still won't play who knows, but uh, the, the, the captains went to John Gruden said, whatever you guys decide we're fine with. And so they decided it's fun. I don't think that, you know, old school, GM, head coach, combination in Mayock and John Gruden. And if you're trying to fight the GM and you're still playing that very next week, it's like the inmates running the asylum. And I wouldn't have expected some old school GM coach types to allow that behavior. So that is just an interesting situation all around. I'm not touching the Raiders, no way. And I actually liked what I saw in the preseason from Joe Flacco. I love Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. That pass rush, uh, I like the Broncos, who are favored by two. I still like them to go into Oakland and win that game by a field goal. Yeah, I didn't expect to hear A.B.'s playing on Monday night, and who knows? We do have a lot of time for him to screw it up. But I I thought for sure he'd be disciplinary reasons he's sitting out week one. But uh, they're trying to establish a culture. This is quite a way to do it. (laughs) Very interesting culture being established over there. And, oh, yeah, they've got Vontez Perfect, and they've got Richie Incognito. Oakland Raiders. Um, I don't know how... you made hard knocks so boring with the group that's going on over there. I, I think the the Raiders brass was heavily influencing the editing decisions happening there on HBO. Yeah, well said. I'm sure I would love to have seen the footage on the cutting room floor from that one. Absolutely. All right, Matt, we're out of time here. Good stuff. Be back next week breaking down all of these games right here. Locked on NFL.